Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the 20th episode of Tender Loving Care, question mark, with your host, myself, Pauline, and my darling Kate. Every week, Kate and I break down two shows from the TLC network. The name of the network that I believe for the longest time was an acronym for Tender Loving Care. And when I found out it actually stood for the Learning Channel, and I saw the types of shows were on that channel, my deep confusion bred this podcast. Each week, Kate and I will randomly select two shows to cover for the next episode by spinning the Wheel of Shame, which has all... 113 and counting shows that we will be studying kate we made it to 20 20 oh my gosh it's a big one i know that is that is a is a huge accomplishment to get to 20 it really is um feels like we've been doing it since yesterday but also for about 20 years as well we've watched a lot of tlc already and there's so much more to go I mean, if I go to the Wheel of Shame right now, it still has, and there's stuff that we need to add, actually. We have to go through and see what hasn't been. We've added some as they popped up, but there is still seven, there's 79 shows, <laughs> 79 shows on the Wheel of Shame right now. And and the and a majority of those are 90 Day Fiancés, which have like 15 seasons. <sighs> it's Bring a lot it of tele- it's a <laughs> lot of television it is a lot of television um so we have very interesting listeners last week we pulled from the wheel of shame welcome to plathville the blended bunch kate was quite excited with welcome to plathville it was like one i thought it was really really new but it's actually not that new just a couple of years and kate had heard that it was a really really good show so i was looking forward to getting um stuck into it um and then the blended bunch we just thought oh it's going to be a ton of kids and it's going to be really boring both of these shows have emotionally drained me to my core I don't know about you Kate there was a lot of darkness woven through these stories and (sighs) 
both of these I shows. I agree. I'm drained. Yeah. Both of these shows had really, really unexpected, incredibly dark elements. And, and yeah, I think we should just get into it because they were, there were two shows that I was not expecting to be the way they actually were. Both of them were exactly the same. So, um, do you want to, should we just dive into the first one then, Kate? Unless you have any housekeeping. Do you have any housekeeping for the Let's listeners? Let's do it, yeah. Um, I don't think so. I mean, go check out, we had a really great interview come out. If you haven't heard that yet, go listen to that with Corey Phelps. Um, from Too Large. And that's, yeah, from Too Large. So go check that out. That's all, really, that's all I really have to say right now. I just want to say um, hello to our new listeners in Taiwan, Denmark, Croatia, and who, what other country was added to the list? Oh, the Netherlands. So we are slowly, tender loving care is question mark, is slowly taking over every corner of the globe. We, when I see these countries pop up, I am so excited. Taiwan, who knew? Taiwan wow i know well so, thanks for listening everyone thank you everyone seeing those new countries ireland came up the other week which we hadn't had a listener in ireland yet we've got that lots of different parts of england not just people that i know and are forcing to listen to this podcast back home but actually places that i don't have friends or family so that was really nice to see i'm like oh okay all right that that's that's good so i do expect the next time i land in heathrow to have like a you know when the beatles used to come used to land and they used to have all the all the mm-hmm. fans and the fanfare i i'm pretty much expecting that when i get to heathrow next time oh yeah the the anticipation is building for your return, I think. It's yeah. it's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one. <laughs> Just need that green card. Okay. All right. So um, let's get on then, Kate. Introduce us to our first show. So first, we are talking about Welcome to Plathville. And I'll just read the description that TLC gives the show. The Plaths are a blonde, blue-eyed family of 11 in southeastern Georgia. They share a passion for music, religion, family life, and traditional roles. That's all it says. That's all. I thought, I thought, because I put these synopsises to, synopsis, synopsi, I don't know what the plural is, together, and, um... I thought there was a longer one. I thought this was just a really... I was like, no, no, this isn't the one they actually have on TLC. But yeah, this is the one they have on TLC. That's all they said about them. They're really leaving a lot to be discovered with that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's I, honestly, I think we'd be amiss to go into this without kind of talking about expectations of both of these shows. I mean, for me, I, I'd seen it and I thought it was going to be like, what's that? I've never seen this random show. I don't even know if it's TLC. I don't think it is TLC. I think it's E or something else. That Todd Chrisley, like blonde, like Chrisley uh, family, family rules Yeah, Chrisley found something like that. I was like, yeah. And I, th- you know, where he's like, supposedly straight and married but they're now being done for fraud and his ex-gay lovers are coming out and i was thinking it's going to be about this like we're this perfect christian family and and i was like oh god okay it's going to be something like that this is and the the arc that this family goes on in like three years is 
mind-blowing. I mean, they are so tumultuous with their relationships. It was stressful. It was like, oh my God, these cringy moments of... it, like, it was, but it, it, I think going the to fact, the parents' houses and fighting, and that's all great, and that makes for great reality TV. But I just think the change from season. Okay, so there's four seasons, and I believe the fourth season is airing right now. Is that right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. So the fourth season's airing right now. So Kate and I watched one, two, three, and all of four up to current day. And how this starts is, like, shocking in itself, right? It's, um, they're in South Georgia, a 50-acre farm, nine children. None of them wear shoes. You have this mum and dad that are, you know, just kind of, um, this idyllic kind of family life of them just wandering around and climbing trees and arts and crafts and freedom and nature and you think okay let's scratch the surface a little bit here and there's no there's like you start hearing that what they don't allow no tv uh very strict and what no no um nothing um no electronics no video games they don't know anything really about pop culture or the outside world they don't read newspapers it doesn't look like there's no tv there's no radio there's i mean it was like a return to amish that's what I felt like we were going to. It did have vibes of return to Amish. They are not exposed to, yeah, pop culture, art, culture of any kind, really. They don't have any friends. They're just friends with each other. Yeah. And they are completely sheltered from the outside world. And you don't know why at first. Like, you're yeah. like, oh, they're really religious. And then it starts to come out later that the parents had crazy times when they were in their early 20s and they just like really didn't want their kids to and that's debatable there's a lot of layers that go on here at first you can just dismiss it as oh it's one of these you know ultra conservative um christian american families that are doing this you meet kim and you meet barry who are the mother of i've written all the kids names down but there's so many that are little that you never really know I, I've forgotten most of their names, but yeah. the main ones you've got Kim and Barry is the, are the mum and dad. Micah um, is, uh, well, the oldest, well, there's one girl you never see. She got married and moved away. And then there is the eldest son, um, Ethan, who is married to Olivia, Micah and Mariah. They're the oldest four and they're kind of, they're they're really the heart of the whole story the younger and there's Lydia who's another one but the younger ones who don't aren't really part of the series they're all there and you see them all the time but you don't really get much interaction to know their personalities what you concentrate on is mum dad Ethan his relationship with his wife Olivia Micah Mariah Lydia and you meet Kim and at first of all, none of it makes sense because they are very anti, you know, any electronics, everything's very natural. They don't go to, they don't shop in, um, you know, kind of regular boutiques for clothes or anything like that. Everything's secondhand. Um, you wonder if it's just because they're very, very frugal. Um, you want all this protection of just, you know, in the first couple of scenes, Kim says, I you automatically hear she goes. I went to college and I did things I shouldn't have done. My mother was a alcoholic single mother who abused me. 
um i'm giving them the life i didn't get and you're already like oh wow okay wow okay there's a lot there's a lot going on here okay i get it and she goes straight into you know these kids are getting older and thinking about university and she's like they don't need to go to college what can they learn from there she's like i went to college and it was just all about drinking and drugs and she goes, you know, if you move, if you go to these big cities, we want to keep them away from it because it's just drugs and human trafficking. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Give me a second to get settled into this show. It was a lot out the gate. It was. And she's a lot. And she's convinced herself of that this reality is the best reality for them. And yeah, that everyone else should live this way. And she has really bad boundaries like she has no boundaries with the kids really with like her controlling their lives and Mm -hmm. just having to know everything and it's she's tough yeah she's very tough and she's very very layered they all are but we find out you know it kind of sets up the scene that they have they go through the kids the one girl the eldest that you never see she's married and moved away then we get to um ethan now ethan just got married as they started filming and he's married to olivia olivia was also kind of homeschooled and quite uh conservative but she kind of broke free of that and she's a destination wedding photographer which i didn't even know was a thing that you're actually just booked to just travel i i don't know i didn't i didn't get that i think if you get wherever you're getting married wouldn't you just have a photographer that was there why would you have a destination i didn't understand that at all but it seems like an amazing job because all she does is travel yeah i i didn't get that at all um but so olivia's married to ethan they're both 21 super super young they got married they Mm -hmm. straight out the bat you see that olivia's like you know me and kim me and um kim and barry don't have a good relationship they were um they were very judgmental very critical of me because i've actually wanted to go out and experience life i have a glass of wine um you know i'll dye my hair i'll pierce my nose and they all they didn't like that they she she tells stories there's so much behind the scenes that you haven't seen that it was just essentially olivia and i don't use this word lightly she hates kim i mean she hates her she doesn't want to be around her it's as though she's allergic to her she feels sick when she's going over to the house to visit all the younger kids she says she used to critique before we were even dating they never wanted me to be part of the family they would critique what type of toothpaste i had she was always on me for everything and just overstepping these boundaries and completely judging me never wanting me really to marry ethan but we did and here we are so they have a relationship with all these there's all these tons of kids still at home so olivia and ethan you know are married and they live somewhere else which is literally five minutes away so they come over to see the kids but she's like noticeably she doesn't make eye contact with kim there's obviously be some massive massive bust up before i mean it just gets worse but then she kind of introduced you to the micah is the young is the eldest uh, second eldest brother he's 18 and yeah micah 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 <laughs> he is something um you can tell he's a good looking guy but he 
mm-hmm. he transforms let's just say that he really transforms but he's very much like i have cows i would hate to live in a big city it would be horrible i like being on the farm i like the way i was brought up i love everything about it then they introduce us to mariah who is just automatically out the bat you're like kim hates her kim hates this daughter this is what you're thinking because she's like just completely painted as the rebel you know because mariah's like i just never felt i fit in i always wanted to know about fashion and i wanted to know about makeup and i wanted to know about hair and i wanted to know about this and i wanted to go out and see the world and i was never told i could see the world and all of so and automatically kim's kind of like you know i i you know she's 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 hard to control she's the one we worry about the most i mean they set her up in such a bad light yeah it's like they're setting her up to fail like they almost want her to fail to prove their way of life is right or something and when the when the show begins she has already like given up on controlling how mariah dresses like Mm because at first i was like wow mariah is wearing all this makeup and she has these you know short shorts and sparkly tank tops and things like that and her fashions just get more and more outlandish as the series goes on but um she's just kind of like yeah she's the she's the wild one and Mm -hmm. i just can't really control her so she just does whatever and yeah. then there's Lydia. <laughs> Lydia, I just wrote that she is something out of a Jane Austen novel. She is the picture of perfection as they see it. Everything is, oh dear. And she has her perfect little plait in her, her braid in her hair. And she's so softly spoken and delicate and just a little flower. And they just, Kim and Barry are like, she's amazing. She's the best child we have. She, oh my gosh, she's, she, we can trust her with everything. She's amazing. Unlike Mariah. She's just amazing. We love Lydia so much. She's so perfect. It's like, okay, yeah, we got, we got how everything's laid out here. But I also have written down, Lydia is literally the backbone of this family. Like, she is making everything function. She does all the chores. She yep. cooks almost all the meals for all I know. these people. I know. She's in charge of the kids. She's babysitting. Like, she does everything in this household. And she doesn't even complain. And she has her prayer closet. And she goes on well, her we walks get, and sings we her get hymns. To, we get oh, to well, the prayer later, closet. But... Yeah. But you're right. She is. She's, yes. By the way, she's 15 she's 15 when we first meet her and she's got you know her skirt down to her ankles and she's in the kitchen and she's cooking and she's doing and none of the kids are allowed to go to school so they're all homeschooled but it's not like a rigid plan it's just like they do their work when they need to the rest of the time they're running around on a farm and in my mind i'm thinking this action once again i'm so easily influenced all of these shows i start watching them and i'm going i want to do this i wanted to be a polygamist the other week when i was watching sister wives the first 40 minutes of the first show convinced i wanted to go into polygamy this i was watching the first episode and i'm like this is beautiful this is look at how wonderful these children's lives are and then you realize these children know zero about the world and it is such an intentional thing for these parents to restrict them so much and terrify them of the world that they'll never leave them that's essentially what they want and what happens of course is that they all rebel because they're so stifled which is like a you know story as old as time so you see mariah's already starting and then 
Olivia, who is Ethan's wife, Kim and Barry consider her, you know, uh, oh, by the way, we haven't spoken about Barry. Barry is like a, a noodle, a, like a bit of pasta that has just gone limp and then you left it out again in the air and it hardened up a little bit. That's what he looks like, and that's his entire personality. <laughs> it's honestly exactly he is Yes. <laughs> just what he does is but he's very there's some things that are very, very calculating about him. There are times where he's he does this thing. There's another thing that we'll get into like there's tons of fights constantly, and the first kind of season is all about Mariah against Kim, right? So Mariah is sixteen years old. And she's wanting to get and see the world and she wants to go out and do stuff. And Kim's like, nope. Oh, she says here, you're full of hatred and rebellion. And, you know, she's like, you know, you can't go out. You can't do anything. This isn't going to work. So the kind of the first season's all about this. But what got me, Kate, is this. When they argue, not a single voice is raised. They are so silent. It is terrifying. It is absolutely terrifying. It is because they're they're saying passive aggressive things, and there's just this rage simmering underneath the surface that I don't like. And with the dad and Ethan, kind of picked this up from the dad. They mm-hmm. they do this thing where they're always kind of smiling, smiling. through whatever yep. they're saying. Yep. Yep. And it comes across really not it's scary. At all. That when they argue, like this, this whole thing. So you know, the first season, as they say, you're, they're kind of establishing who everyone is in the family. They're, they're, you know, they're showing Kim as being this very, very controlling woman, um, but who obviously she had this background where she did drugs and she drank, and she says, "I don't want my children to do any of that." A father is like, "There's so much junk out there. We don't want our kids to be a part of any of it." So we provided the perfect idyllic life for them, but of course they all want to leave it. So they 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 just think that they're the constant victims. Have done all these great things for their for their children. They don't let them see anything that's negative in the world, but they're not prepared to do anything. They ca- they cannot function as adults at eighteen because they have no clue about the real world and what happens is so that this is kind of the first season they go into all of this and you see the big the big kind of first thing is that olivia so this is the wife of ethan is she has this you know destination photography company and she needs an assistant so she's like i want she kind of takes on mariah she's like i want mariah to go out into the world see the world experience the world actually live a full rounded life and escape all of this from her family so obviously that plays into the part why the parents hate olivia but um so um she's gonna go to san francisco to do a shoot and she wants mariah to come with her so the mum's like well you have to get all your schoolwork done and then there's like this hint that the mother gives her like extra work to do hoping that she'd fail so she couldn't go it was really dark Mm-hmm. and um she they were so scared for her to go to san francisco because there's they didn't want they basically they basically started a cult and the only members are their children yeah essentially, essentially. they're like you can't look, leave you can't <laughs> and look i love cults and if anyone has not seen i just watched a do- this is a very good point uh, a part uh, a time to put this in last night i watched a 
four-part documentary on Hulu about Teal Swan. If you have never... Kate, I don't know if you know who Teal Swan is. I've never heard of her. She's a spiritual Mm-mm. leader. Millions and millions of followers. Uh, there are so much... There's so much stuff in her that I probably couldn't say without trigger warnings on this podcast, so I won't. But I'm just going to go and advise every single person listening to find out who Teal Swan is and watch this documentary on Hulu. I've never seen anything like it in my life. And I've watched so many and read so many books about cults. But this is on another level. This documentary was unbelievable. You have to you have to watch it. Is That's all a, I'm going to say. This is a modern like, yes. Yes. person? Okay. Yes. She is... I'm not going to say any more. Everyone go and watch a documentary about Teal Swan. Okay. T-E-A-L Swan. Okay, but anyway, back to this. So you're right. It is very cultish. But anyway, Mariah gets all this work done. She's like, I'm going to San Francisco. And they're like, there's human trafficking there. You're going to go there and you're going to be human trafficking. Look, is there human trafficking there? Absolutely. But this fear that they are putting into these children that already want to get away from them and then leaving them with zero life skills so if they do manage to escape and mariah goes somewhere and she does get herself into a bad situation she is zero street smarts to get out of any any problem she was in because they haven't taught her anything so she doesn't know how to protect herself it's like it's horrible horrible situation that they built for themselves and their kids it's really scary it's super unsafe for them i mean they don't they don't have phones they don't know how to use computers really no and they just have no experience even in a lot of social situations talking to new people and just knowing about different kinds of people and um like she they go um in san francisco they go and what's the what's that neighborhood Castro. Um, that's like Castro. Yeah, it's like the queer neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. So they're kind of riding one of these um in the back of one of these petty cart things or whatever and the guys giving them a tour and she it's just a whole new world. She's yeah. just never really seen any or known any gay people and they the producers make her guess what LGBT stands for. Yeah. I know. And she has no idea. And she's never had a Coke. Um, so it's she's just... never drank a Coca-Cola. I mean, this is kind nope. of the level that they're at. And they had, they sat and, you know, so it's just her and Olivia. And Olivia's there going, you want a Coke? Sure, sure, sure. So she has a Coca-Cola and then she has like um, candy floss, cotton candy. She never even had, you know, she has, they were never allowed sugar. They were never allowed. There was just, everything was so restricted so she's in san francisco and has a ball she loves it and to see the joy of this young girl's face experiencing you know just a very simple you know she saw the golden gate bridge and you would have thought she'd saw been at the great wall of china i mean she was like in just ecstatic it was beautiful it was so lovely to see it all and you yes like you could see her deciding, I 
will live somewhere else. I will leave that small town and yeah. this is the world I want to be in. And yeah. she knew it at that moment. And the thing with Eth- the thing that I also want to explain if people haven't seen this is that they the parents paint Ethan and Olivia to be these bad people like they don't even want them around the younger kids when they're not around but the thing about Ethan and Olivia is they're pretty straight edge I mean they're like oh yeah they're like having a beer and watching friends like she's introducing him to the show friends and like have more soda here I made you cookies have sugar like it's very very PG with them so it just it's so ridiculous that they don't want them around the kids yeah, this isn't just a story of kids from small town America that want to leave their hometown and go and see the world. It's that they have been told to fear everything outside of this farm. They were born and raised on this huge farm, which mm. is so beautiful, um, but they have just been told to be terrified of everything. And by the way, they are in I can't believe, you know, when they were filming there, I was thinking they've been there, you know, what, four seasons. I looked up this town. There's like three people that live there. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but it's a tiny, 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 one of those tiny American towns. And so I'm thinking this must have been crazy when they started filming them because everybody knows everybody in this place. I thought that that was really, that must have been really interesting. Um, But they... They are also, they were all great musicians as well. Um, And they had only performed like at church. There is a church they go to. I don't think they identify with a certain sect of Christianity, but they had been going to a church. Um, And anyway, so we see, you know, it's kind of, Mariah is, as I say, the series really is based around her and the older kids. And she is such an interesting girl. So she has, she's definitely, you know, a smart girl. She is um, someone that is eager to see the world. And there's there's definitely a depth to her with her emotions as well. She's, she's, I, I don't know how to explain this without anybody seeing this. As the seasons go on, she goes up and down through a lot of turmoil. And she just speaks like quieter i don't know if you if you notice this kate she is at some point she gets so softly spoken i couldn't hear her like i was turning up the volume and i was getting so annoyed i was like speak up like there are times because they don't when they had discussions that were kind of arguments with her and her mum, the mum and dad don't raise their voices so everything was kind of discussed like this. And even if they're saying, I know that you hate it here and you don't want to be here, it was always at this level. And that's fine. There shouldn't be people screaming and shouting at each other. But there was this level of stifling. Like they couldn't speak. Like their throats were completely just tied up with repression. That's how I felt. And Mariah mm-hmm. was driving me nuts because in some of the seasons, she's literally like, just talking like this at this level and I just and you can't hear what she's saying I know yeah they they all are kind of like that but I noticed it the most with yeah her and um also with Lydia yeah she's also got that very timid voice and the thing that I was really impressed with Mariah is her music like oh she's great she had a good voice she She had a really great voice and her lyrics were so good and they were I was like oh she's a great 
great musician and yeah, that's kind you, of her that's what mm-hmm. she ends up leaning towards for her career and stuff yeah you see her that you know you see that they played in this band at church but she's like i really like country i really like pop and um she says we were never allowed to listen to anything but she says i started writing and um i i loved it and you hear her sing and she has then power in her voice and you're like there you go but i mean that could this could all be you know a metaphor Mm -hmm. for the only way she has power is through her music and when she's talking to her parents and just talking in life is just kind of like this but i was just annoyed because as a viewer you can't hear her you're just like speak <laughs> up, like you can't hear her. i was turning my volume up because but anyway she so we should rush on this four seasons of this so we should go through so anyway we see san francisco we see kim yeah. and barry and their relationships with all these kids lydia's perfect and just and gets on with mariah but mariah's just kind of like this rebel that's desperate to leave so it comes up to like i think her 16th or 17th um birthday well we see the parents have their 22nd anniversary and we find out something in this episode it was like episode three that was so horrific you you there was no way you could have seen it coming it's episode three mariah's back from san francisco the parents 22nd anniversary they actually go away and their one thing was like ethan and olivia aren't allowed to be over at the house and as kate said they are they're like the most sensible 22 year olds you've ever met that you know it's just like ice cream and soda you know it's not like crack and hookers over at the house it's just like so innocent so they actually go over to the house anyway when the parents are away and they just get them like ice cream and they play music together it's just so beautiful and innocent it's like it's lovely anyway the parents are on their 22nd anniversary trip and they talk about the fact that they had lost a child it was um their child joshua um and that was joshua was they have nine children joshua was their 10th child and they lost joshua um when he was only 18 months old in a uh accident they say an accident on the farm and you see barry discussing it um in the scene with uh kim and barry says it was just a terrible terrible accident and you find out what happened is is that kim had got all the kids into the truck or some of the kids and they were about to head out somewhere um in the farm and she says and i saw joshua at the side of my eye and i started the car and i ran him over and you just they got the ambulance there and 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 it could they couldn't save joshua and it is just so inexplicably horrific that i don't i mean she said that the following year was just a living hell and that's by no means a an overstatement i'm sure you can't imagine unless you've been through that what that was but you just everything kind of took such a turn at that point because even if you is someone this horrific and kim isn't horrific but even if she was the empathy that you cannot help but feel for someone that has to that went through that and had to live every single day with that level of unfounded guilt it was just an accident as as barry said it was just an accident but it really just everything kind of stopped when she told that story it was horrific my jaw dropped i wasn't expecting it and 
it really just it it makes you understand her more mm-hmm. and it adds another layer it's just another layer it of is. all these dynamics and it is um yeah i mean no no one should have to go through that it was it's so bad it was happened, so you know you add on the fact that this that Kim had so much trauma, which you can tell when she touches on a little bit, you know, with her alcoholic mother and the abuse and everything, and then her doing drugs and drinking, probably to cope with all of that abuse. And then, so you understand with that, and then added on with the loss of her child, you and the other children were in the car, which we find out later, and they remember it all. The older ones are in the car and they remember it all. So it was... It's just on another level. It's on another level. So you you find that out. So you're like, oh wow, okay, I've got I get another level for Barry and Kim here. And then, um, you know, throughout season one, that happens. They tell you that they go on the anniversary. You see this growing tension between Ethan and Olivia, and Kim is very very good at kind of just to the you know you have no idea what happened between her and Olivia behind the scenes and before the marriage and everything like that but you you know she's very good at just saying to the camera I just want you know Olivia and I to be friends I want us to be good I I want her you know I love her I love her and she decides to offer them you know a, a a a gift and they went into the room and they just bought them this like massive model sailing ship. And Olivia doesn't, she doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't hide her feelings. She's literally stood going, oh. And you see, oh. and you see, um, uh, and you see um, Ethan just Ethan? ecstatic like he just was given you know nobel peace prize he was so excited he was like this is amazing this is the best thing and olivia just stands up against the wall doesn't even move and kim just keeps smiling through it going i don't know if you know i'm not sure olivia wasn't uh olivia wasn't that happy about it i'm not sure so you see it all simmering with them they have one talk where they're like we need to figure this out ethan um olivia and kim and barry and you know barry says something like you know you have to think about morals and let because they the whole thing is they won't let any of these kids be around ethan and olivia which is just ridiculous and when they found out they'd come over to the house during the time they were away for that anniversary they got super pissed off and so they have this whole conversation with them and they're like you know we just have to think about the character of people around it's such nasty digs and ethan and olivia kind of get in a car and go away the season ends with Ethan and Olivia surprising Mariah with um, a surprise birthday party. Everyone in the family's there. And kind of out of nowhere, it's a bit random. Mariah's like, I need to tell everyone something. And she's only like 16. And she's like, I'm yeah. going to be going to... I can't remember what state it was. Where was she going? Arizona? New Mexico? Minnesota. Was... Oh, it was Minnesota. Minnesota. She was like, I'm going to Minnesota and I don't know when I'm coming back. And I'm like, oh, okay, because she's staying with her grandparents. And I just think, like, there's this weird kind of juxtaposition of them being really, really overprotective. Like, you can't wear, you know, sh- you know, shorts or show your arms, but 
this 16 year old is like i'm gonna go move to another state and they're like okay it was really strange i thought that this surprise party was kind of an overstepping of bounds for olivia and ethan because they don't tell the parents that this is a birthday party they just invite everyone out to dinner at a restaurant and then everyone gets there and she pulls the mom aside and olivia's like oh so this is actually a surprise birthday Mm. party for your daughter Mm. and the Mm. mom's like oh like i would have brought the presents i have and this okay and it's really just olivia flexing her influence on the on mariah and the other kids to the mom being like my way's right like they're kind of competitive and they are yeah, Olivia, she gives her these um, Carrie Underwood concert tickets. Olivia gives Mariah the tickets and bought her plane ticket. And I know. If that was me and I was 16, my parents would have been like, you're not going. Like, Right, right. They would have been like, excuse me, like, why didn't you consult with us? And they say that to the camera, like, we wish she would have asked us, but they don't say anything in the moment. I think behind the scenes they said some shit. I think a lot, we see what happens in season two. I think a lot of this animosity between Ethan and Olivia is, gets really bad um, when the cameras are off and were before the cameras started filming anything because the animosity that they have between each other is really bad. I mean, Olivia nearly has like panic attacks going into the house to see her. Like she dislikes her that much. I mean... I don't know if any of the listeners out there have been in a position where you've been dating someone or married to someone and your, you know, the parents-in-law or whatever don't like you, but I have. And it is a feeling of they're just threatened. Essentially, that's what it is. They're threatened that you're either going to, mm-hmm. you know, take that person away from them or you are going to show them a world that they never could do. So they're angry at you for that they're jealous i mean there's so many layers to this to to to, to this kind of animosity that some parents-in-law have towards someone coming in and dating their child or marrying their child it's really gross and so they try to flex their power a lot and intimidate and i think they did this to olivia for a very very long time and i think you see Mm -hmm. you see elements of olivia being like i'm getting back at them I'm going to stand up to them and I'm not going to let them do this to me anymore. And good for her because you see things come out that you're like, yeah, you two were nasty to her because they were threatened. They were threatened that Olivia's like, we're going to go to Paris. We're going to go and see the world. We're going to have a glass of wine. He's going to learn what Chardonnay is. And they were like, no, 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 no. You can't do any of that. Let's keep him in a bubble. Let's keep him in a bubble. Let him marry the girl next door. You know, it's those type of parents that just want them to stay in the hometown and marry the kid from the next door. It's really sad. And, and the, while the, oh, and they keep, sorry, I lost my train of thought. And they, they are always saying, they say this phrase all throughout the series. They're passing on the bitterness. They're still holding the bitterness. And they're just so scared that she's going to pass on this bitterness Mm. to the younger kids. And really what that translates to is, oh, the younger kids are going to 
like her way of exactly. thinking more than ours and exactly. they're threatened by her because she, while she's in she's in the family by marriage but they're not her parents so she doesn't have to listen to them she doesn't have to do what these other kids feel obligated to do which is appease them yeah it's a very very dark situation and you so that's kind of how season one ends and i just wrote mm-hmm. when season two opens i wrote holy shit life has hit them all very hard when season two opens i don't know about uk i was like holy shit what happened to these people ah <sighs> I was like, here we go. These kids ding, are ding. out there. They're, they're famous now, basically. They're all influencers. They are I mean, feeling themselves. Well, I mean, the- there was so much darkness because it, it opened up with Ethan and Olivia, right? Who had now been married for like two years or something. And Ethan in the first season had this wide-eyed innocence, which he still is very naive about a lot of stuff. But he was like laughing all the time and ha ha ha. And it opens up he him and olivia like they're they looked like they'd aged about 10 years like they had they you were kind of like they'd been through some stuff and it's revealed that they had gone up and had a massive fight with the parents and ethan has said i will never ever speak to you again i want nothing to do with you and he you saw he lost his laugh like he didn't laugh at he was just tired Okay, yeah, I agree with that. Sorry, I my first note's about Micah, so I was oh well, we'll get <laughs> oh, oh hello Micah. I was thinking about Micah. We'll I was thinking about Micah. Micah and his muscles, but yes, yes, yes. with Ethan and El- they absolutely aged. I remember God. thinking, wow, they're only twenty one, twenty two right now, yeah, and they so young. just have the weight of the world on them, right? Like they're. They just look, yeah, they look tired and yeah. They look tired. They said they'd had this blown out fight and they'd said that they nearly divorced between the two seasons. They actually nearly divorced. And I'm saying that, you know, you might think, uh, hello, the 21 year old kids that got married, of course, going to give up. But these are people that are like devout, getting married, lasting forever. And they were so in love and they seemed so sensible and they bought a house and they had great jobs and they had all of this. Um, but I was so shocked to say they nearly got divorced because they are actually really, really sensible people. But it's because they the fighting over these parents. Whatever was going on behind the scenes, I think we only saw like a tiny amount of the type of shit that Kim and Barry did to Olivia. I because Olivia's like I cannot go near yeah. their. Pro- they live near them, and they said we actually have to drive a different route to go to the grocery store if we see because it's such a small town they're like if we see the car in the grocery store we'll just leave because i cannot see them she has like panic attacks because they're just bullies they're essentially just bullies to her because they're so threatened by her exactly and well and the family we forgot to say the the family moves from the farm into yeah, town which that was i weird. think was just to keep tabs on all the kids that was very strange so these people have raised this massive amount of kids on this huge farm their entire life right and they they're just like oh we moved out and went to like a regular normal looking home and i'm like what because they were all about you know having i mean they still have a lot of land with it because it's georgia and they could buy the land there but they have they still have a lot of land and trees and all this great stuff but i was so shocked probably by that so that had happened they bought this very you know ordinary normal looking house they'd moved from this huge farm um then they had um 
also revealed that they threw out 17-year-old Mariah and Micah, who was 18. Mm -hmm. So I just want to get this straight. Mm -hmm. This girl, Mariah, is, you know, a rebel in Kim's eyes, right? So what they decide the best thing to do is to throw her out of a house at 17 years old into a world where she has no coping skills, no street smarts, and says, go and go on, go and live. I mean, it's just, and it's because she doesn't have any street smarts because you refuse to give her any lessons about how to live as an adult. It's just so backwards and awful. It doesn't make any sense. And she's... I mean, what do you think? Do you think these kids are doing a lot more than what they're talking about on camera? Like, what is so bad that they're doing? At this point, do you think they're, like, really partying? Or do you think no, it's these, not that bad? These kids, these kids aren't drinking and taking drugs. They're not even having sex at this point. I mean, that Mariah yeah. gets a boyfriend later on. It was her first kiss on camera, and it was just a kiss in the, in the mouth. I mean, what, what was so bad that they were doing in the yeah. eyes of Kim and Barry... Okay is the fact that they weren't following all their rules, that they wanted to go and see the world. And yeah. that wasn't okay. And they panic because these people aren't like soldiers in line for them. So they go get away. So at this point, they've lost Mariah and Micah, who are living together in a house, and Olivia and <sighs> Ethan, who want nothing to do with them anymore, nearly got divorced because of them. And they live somewhere else. Um, you see Mariah in the opening scene. She's she because she has no idea about fashion. She has no idea about like anything. So she's now on her own and can dress how she wants. So it's it's like she looked like she was something out of a nineteen eighties teen movie. I mean, she just because she doesn't. You know, it was like a neon one shoulder top. It was so weird because she's just trying to find herself because she has no clue how to dress or fashion or anything. She just wants to show off her banging body so she's just like i'll just wear as little as possible she's so cute and she, yeah like she has like she always has lipstick that's kind of half smeared yes. off but she's yeah, just I love so it. cute she pulls it off and her hair her wavy hair yeah she's she's really cute and she's very um, she's gorgeous she then really there's is lydia <laughs> oh my god lydia and her prayer oh, talk about the prayer cupboard talk so, about the prayer cupboard okay so then we get caught up with Lydia, who you remember is the model child. She's the exact opposite. She's the foil to Mariah, basically. Yeah. And they're interviewing her and she's just kind of standing outside or in the kitchen or something. And she's like, well, I used to go on walks at the old property. And they show footage of her. She would just walk in, walk along the property singing church songs and praying and they would have they would they would have audio of her prayers and oh please just help my family which I shouldn't make fun of it's nice but and so then so then she goes I used to walk along the property but now we live in town and I have a prayer closet which is what I've always wanted and then you see the prayer closet (sighs) don't don't and it's a very narrow wooden very narrow I mean how many feet across four three it's four feet li- across I, I and will refer- she just walks and it's long yeah it's basically like what harry potter lived in under the stairs that's that's what her prayer closet y- is yes but even more uncomfortable looking yes 
Oh, Lydia. <laughs> Harry could at least like splay out and lay there, you know, with yeah. this. It's just like you walk in this narrow thing and she just has, she writes her prayers on pieces of paper and tapes them up nicely on the wall and just kind of <sighs> kneels and prays and it's, that's Lydia. I mean, that's just, Lydia. Just living her best just life in her prayer closet. Devout. So- devout so she's still perfect parents are still doing their thing just like well uh, just all this they're so quiet there's something that's so unnerving about when they're talking about really serious like anger-filled conversations they're just quiet and a lot of silence and a lot of looking at each other and a lot of well hopefully you know well uh ethan doesn't want anything to do with us uh, or olivia but we love them and uh, hopefully we'll get them back. And Mariah and Mike have moved out. But um, we don't give up. And it's just this, you're thinking, this is too quiet. I do, it's so unnerving. Then we find out in the previous season, we should have said, and we need to rush. We have like two more seasons to go through. But um, we see Ma- Micah. Now, <laughs> Micah's a good looking boy. I don't, <laughs> this is what I don't like. Okay, first of all, I can say is he's 18. Um, but he... So Micah is, um, you see him in the first season, he's really torn, like good looking kind of buff. And so people had said, you need to model. And that's what I thought when I first saw him. I was like, this kid has to model. So he did get scouted. And then they're kind of in the season being like, we need to get you, you know, we need to get you really kind of moving with your modeling because he's got, he's now on social media. He wasn't mm. on social media before. So he's doing all these shots and he is like buff. I don't like six packs. I don't know about you. It's not my thing. I'm not someone that likes big muscles and six pack. Like it's just not my thing at all. Um, I would prefer, like, I like slim and tall. Gotta be tall. Gotta okay. be, I like slim. But the whole, you know, chiseled thing. It's just not something I look at and go, oh, that's really sexy. Mike is really sexy. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> He's a good he looking boy. Mike has this. grown up. Michael's grown up. It's almost like a throwback. It's like he he yeah. looks like a 90s Calvin Klein model. Yes, he does. And does. We just, can, we just briefly, we briefly have to talk about yes, Marsha okay. Doll. Go on. Please. You talk about Marsha Doll. Go on. So just really quick. Okay, so when he first starts modeling, he gets ho- he gets hooked up with this modeling agency, and you're like, "What's going on?" And it's it's him, Mariah, and Olivia go there, and she is this older woman. She has spiky white mm, blonde jazzy hair, hair. Jazzy and hair. funky glasses. And she is just a firecracker and she's like, oh, you like, you got a great look. And she's like, now model down the hallway and all the women are, all the girls are shouting for you and probably the guys too. And like, oh she's just so funny. I looked up her website. It's like straight out of 2005. It is so yeah. perfect. Like he is model material and he works really, really hard on his body. But you're right. He's kind of that yeah. throwback. He's not like the heroin chic look and he's not like the kind of emaciated kind of guys that they like now. It's really that good old, you know, all American 90s ripped six pack. You look at him and you're like, he drinks vitamin D milk. Like, yeah, he's like yeah, yeah, party. yeah. <laughs> he's hearty he's a good yeah and he's like he's and i don't i don't like blonde guys either it's never i don't like like fair and he's that and he's just gorgeous i think it's because he's just 
nice as well i think he's just a really lovely person as well that you're like you're amazing um anyway so we kind of see that so we see him modeling he's got his own life now of course his girls all over him and he's definitely got laid now so he has like all this confidence to be able to talk to girls which is really interesting um and then you see ethan and olivia they're like we're gonna buy a house okay they're both 22 and they're looking at a three-bedroom house and i'm just thinking okay i need to look up because they said the name of the place in georgia i can't remember where it was now i looked it up and yeah you can buy a three-bedroom house with a garden for a hundred and sixty thousand dollars so at that point i did think i'm moving to georgia as well for a little bit i was like right i'm moving to georgia i can do the potty there it'll all work out I'll do it in Georgia because I can get a three-bedroom house. A three-bedroom house where I currently live is like $18 million. I mean, you just can't can't (laughs) buy anything here. So that was was good to see. Um, But they ended up not getting the house. But what was really weird as well is you see Olivia's a mess as well. The reason this kind of hit me harder than other kind of tlc shows is that there was a level that is so genuine about the destruction of this family olivia hates kim like really hates her whatever she did to her and i'm sure there's multiple things for a long time and ethan dislikes his parents so much that olivia's kind of like having a breakdown you see they nearly divorced she's like i've been depressed she's like i can't you know i I don't want to be anywhere near them anymore i can't stand to even think of them or see them it was just really dark and Ethan's annoying her. You know what I realized too? I kind of forgot watching it because a lot of the filming is just in their houses and stuff. Yeah. But COVID had just hit too. Yeah. So yeah. she's like kind of out of work because everyone's canceling their weddings. Yeah. And that's her bread and butter. So she's rebranding her business and she's yeah, she's on edge. She really is. And it, it was it was really sad to um it was sad to watch it. She just didn't look healthy. She didn't look happy. She didn't yeah, it wasn't good. Um so they have nothing to do with the parents and they miss all the younger siblings, obviously. Um Max and Mariah go and see the parents, they sit down with them and have this conversation. And it is I just wrote here, it's like they're abuse victims coming to face to face with their abusers. This mom and dad are like smiling and like, you know, this passive aggressive kind of stiff smile. And if, you know, when they're just like a Ma- a Mariah and um, uh, Micah are just like, you prepared us for nothing. We don't have any education. We don't know anything about the outside world because you hid it all from us. And it's really messed up. It's really dark. And they don't admit to that. They no. maintain that they have given them this amazing childhood, which, sure, yeah, them running along the fields and, you know, playing sports and doing math for fun. Okay, great. But you didn't tell them about how to manage money, how to talk to people, how to know a safe person from, you know, someone who's trying to, you know, manipulate you or something. Like, they don't know any of these things, these people skills. No clue at all. 
um mariah meets a boy max um so she really really likes him and it's very very innocent like super innocent they have their first kiss and it's on camera and it's just like after like six months of dating or something it's like very very innocent but she's like fully in love and she just speaks even quieter about him i just am like speak oh i can't hear you it was getting really annoying she just she was having like this emotional conversation with him and she's just kind of speaking like like this and i'm like oh someone put an extra mic on her please is that when they were (laughs) is that when they were hugging in the driveway and she was praying to god about wanting to be with him right before they kissed there was that was quiet but this this moment in the driveway yeah, yeah, but it's also, that's when they kiss, but it's Just also when the they're time. on their um, Dawson's Creek, um, you know, that big thing, walkway going out <laughs> into the water and they were having, he was breaking up with her and she was like, Just want to be my friend. I didn't know how he wasn't going, what? What did you say? Huh? Because I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> but, um, come again? Yeah, the season <laughs> kind of ends. Um, they, Olivia and Ethan, Olivia's like, she's losing it a little bit. I do think COVID had a something into it you see them go to a liquor store and i mean olivia and ethan and ethan just to have they were, she's like i just need some fun so we're just gonna drink at home because it was covid and you couldn't do anything so he goes in there and he just doesn't have a clue like he just picks up like this massive bottle of like it was like real cheap whiskey it was like peach flavored whiskey oh god or something and then he picks up like a yeah. six pack of like alcoholic root beer or something and he's like oh i'm gonna drink this tonight and you're like, dude. And she picks up like, you see her drinking more and more. And then I remember it was COVID. I was like, everyone was wasted all the time. But she's like got, constantly got a glass of wine in her hand and buying like another bottle and another bottle. <laughs> and um, they, they, you realize Same, just, sister. <laughs> yeah. You just realize how little he knew because they're in there. And you see, this is when you start to see, the, well, first of all, Nobody should get married or have kids before they're 30. Let's just say that because that is a rule I think everyone should live by. And Olivia is in this store with him and you see her because he's like picking up stuff going, oh, what's, I mean, it's like a kid. And she's like, you know, sometimes it's really amusing, but a lot of the times you can't believe that he doesn't know just general stuff. And it's like you you see that the the cracks become craters between those two because what she thought was probably endearing while they were dating and got married isn't so endearing anymore. And the fact that he has no communication skills. She says he has no... They were never taught to talk about their emotions or really discuss it or show it. So he doesn't know how to interact with me. He has no clue. And you see that she is desperately needing some attention and connection with him and it is just going completely over his head and she's like i want to get a tattoo so she comes and she's like we're getting tattoos and ethan's like i don't want a tattoo she's like we're doing it couples tattoo this will be good and she says i'm a really really impulsive person and i was thinking the next episode is going to be her doing like ayahuasca with ethan in a jungle in south america because they're just at the point where she's like (laughs) drink tattoos strip clubs let's do something and it's it's really it was getting a lot and ethan got this tattoo which he didn't even really want i think what is happening in this season with them is she is testing his limits she's like 
how big of a prude are you? Like, how adventurous are you? Will you actually do this with me? Let's be wild. What are your limits? And how bored am I? And like, can I be in this? Are we too different? Like, she's just testing everything with him. Yeah. And yeah. he is trying to keep up. She's trying to, like you said, connect with him emotionally and go to this deeper level in their marriage. And he just doesn't know how to handle it. So he no. just fucks off and goes and works on his cars. Cars. Yeah, because he loves and old it's cars. Just, it's, mm-hmm. it's just a lot. And then that's kind of how the season ends. And you're like, ooh. I realized I accidentally skipped season three, but on season four, they did give a little recap and essentially Olivia had like separate, they, they'd set her and Ether had separated and she moved out. Yes. Wow. So I don't have a ton of notes. I can kind of just run through what I have here. I just have a few things kind of, um, so Ethan and we start out, Ethan and Olivia are still very much not cool with the parents. Um, Micah and Mariah still have their house. It's a little bit more put together. Um, they have couches now (laughs) and they are starting to talk to the parents actually. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they want to hang out with the kids more. So they're kind of inching their way back to the family. And Olivia is in therapy. She talks a lot about being in therapy. They show, um, one of her sessions and her and Ethan's relationship is on the rocks this whole season because she says he doesn't like that I'm changing as a person. And I'm like, mm. yeah, you're changing as a person. You're 22 years old. I know. You married this guy when you were like basically right out of high school. And now you're both changing because that's what you do in your 20s. Yeah. The person you are when you're 20 is so different from who you are when you're 28, 29. Oh my God. And she he's he's acting like she's doing something wrong by just growing yeah it's (laughs) yeah once again you should not get married or have kids before you're 30 it just doesn't you you are not what the hell do you know about yourself let alone life or anything marrying at 21 years old and listen i'm speaking from experience here because i know that you shouldn't do that when you're younger it does not work out well um and it's just you see her and she's like she's a very ambitious woman and she it has got a successful business she's done a ton by the age of 22 and she's got a smart head on her shoulders and she's educated and she's traveled mm-hmm. and she wants to do all of this which never makes sense to me how she fell in love with him i don't get that at all unless she just really suddenly completely changed in or grew i should say in two or three years but she still had all that ambition when she met him i think she probably didn't understand how little he was going to change i really think that's what it was yes and i think like you were saying before she thought he was a lot more endearing when she first met him and yeah she probably also didn't realize she didn't i don't think she realized just how much he didn't know And he was probably just head over heels, you know, like worshiping her at first in that puppy dog stage. And then they, I think they just got to this point of commitment and they both came from these religious families and it was just kind of like, well, time to get married. Like, cause the oldest daughter got married at 20 or 21 as well. And that's just kind of how they do it around there because they're not allowed to date at 
all. They are, they're always saying like, you aren't supposed to talk to someone of the opposite sex, really like hang out with them alone. Because if you are, it's like, you're setting an intention to be together long term yeah. and get married. Yeah. So it's like, they just got hooked in. It was a lot. And then, you know, I don't, was there anything else in season three? Cause we got to get to season four, dude. Okay, uh, really quickly. So Mariah's uh, singing career is starting to gain some steam. She has this big show. It's like her first live big show. And she specifically tells her parents, I don't want you to come. Yeah. And so what does her mom do? She goes. She brings the kids with her. And they're hiding in the parking lot. And, of course, Mariah sees her and is really upset. Like, she's, like, setting this boundary. Like, please don't come. She doesn't respect that. So that's a whole other thing. And then Mariah is dating Max, fully dating Mm -hmm. Max. Um, I mean, I think he's he's a good first boyfriend. I'll just say that. Mm -hmm. Like, get it out of the way. So we go to season Um, four. And then... oh. Oh, just how it ends, how, where they end up, like, is the Olivia and Ethan and Mariah and her boyfriend Max have decided they are going to move to Tampa, Florida, and um, they stop at the parents' house, and and Olivia actually apologizes, kind of, or she, like, makes peace with mm-hmm. the parents somewhat, and then they say bye to the kids, and then... Um, Micah moves to LA and yeah, that's where it ends up. And then season four hits and it's like the shock of season two. Literally it's, so this is one that's airing right now. So we've watched three or four episodes of it or maybe more. It's unbelievable what happened. You open up Kim. Let's just do this in a nutshell really. Cause it was like four or five episodes. Kim has opened a dance studio this is the mother and realizes her entire life is a complete fraud. She doesn't want to be the person that she's been for the past 24 years. And is like, I'm divorcing Barry. You're like, I, I'm sorry. What? She's <laughs> like, I've found my body. I'm going to the gym. I've decided this is not what I want for the rest of my life. Um, I, all we did was get married young, have kids one after the other and then um, I just realized I don't want this life anymore. So I told Barry and I'm moving out. So they're suddenly separated. You're like, what? And they, she still has very young children at home. And Max cheated on Mariah. So she is just in so much pain for so many episodes. It is so hard to watch this girl in so much pain um, that you kind of deal with that. She goes to L.A., you see Micah in LA and he's like loving it and found his kind of place out there and is modeling. <laughs> and Kim's opening this dance studio. She reads from her diary that says, quote, I feel like I'm dead inside. And the last episode I watched is her going to Barry. Yeah, you know, um, or she's saying it in her in her confessional, she's kind of like, yeah, I've just, you know, decided that I don't think Barry's ready to hear that I want to divorce him, but I do. And Olivia and Ethan are practically going to split up again. Like, they're back together, but he's obsessed with working on old cars, buys one without telling her, is constantly going back to this old place they lived in Georgia. It's just... So much, Kate. So much. (laughs) It's so much. 
And do you want to know the update from Screen Rant? Go on. Tell me what's going on. Well, Barry and Kim have announced that they're getting divorced. In the <gasps> like, I think on Instagram or something. Yeah. What? Okay, I just... Look, I know. I... I know I shouldn't be shocked. It's divorce. And probably everyone listening to the show has been divorced at this point but i mean it's um (laughs) it's just that they had this it just goes to show it shows you a lot and as you know i really have started this podcast just so i can do a lot of self-reflection but these shows make me realize you look at these shows and you think they really set up this ideal life that they wanted and you just scratch the surface and you go oh shit no this woman's like i got married young i was idealistic i got married we had kids and we didn't know each other in the first season there's this quote that she said the very first season in an interview she said i believe that you go into marriage with your eyes completely wide open and then keep them half open during marriage and she was asked if she still believes that and she says no she says i was young um i never knew my partner you didn't get you didn't she didn't get a chance to know who he was i mean they had she was she said she was pregnant or nursing for like 24 years that's that was her life and looking after all the kids and he was working and she feels underappreciated she's been just seen as a mother and a breeder that carries these children looks after these children teaches these children and she's like, I just don't want that to be my life anymore. I, and you just go, I think it's because it's scary. You look at your own life and you go, how many of us and people that are listening to this right now think I'm completely stuck in a life that I don't want because I've never taken the time to go, do I actually want this? Like to just sit still for a second and think, what do I want my life to be? And is this it? Right. I think that happened to so, so many people coming out of COVID too, because we did, we had, well, you know, it's still going on, but the, the big main heart of COVID, like we had to sit there. You had, everyone had to sit there and think about their lives and what they're doing and what they really want and just tune into themselves and I just see all these changes happening with people I know. And then you certainly see it on the show. It's like, clearly she saw the, she watched her kids and what they were doing. And I think she sat there and was like, wait, wait, I, I think I want that too. And she ruminated on that. And then she brought it to Barry. It's just, and you know, even by season four, she's like, we're not even that strict on the kids anymore. They can have sugar, they can dress how they want. And you're like, these young kids started the, that are still in the house that are like 10, 11, even a little bit younger, kind of grew up with all these rules and these kids all around them. And then suddenly they moved houses, parents are getting a divorce. The only thing that they thought was safe was their parents because they were like, we would never divorce. I imagine it must be excruciating for those children in that house. I mean, thank God they have Lydia. I know. I know. So really, (laughs) that was kind of how season four, where season four stands right now. So if you're listening and interesting, it is on right now. And that we've caught you up. If you haven't watched a single episode, we caught you up to everything and told you what's going to happen. They're going to divorce. So Kate, any other words on it? 
well how many pa- i want to know how many pounds of learning you gave it we we rate each show on a scale of zero to 600 based on my 600 pound life that's where i pulled that number from so how many pounds of learning did you get from this show and also entertainment 350 i'm gonna give it 350 there was a lot of twists and turns there was a lot that i i empathized a lot with a lot of these characters um I learned that I can find someone with blonde hair attractive. That was with Micah. And I learned that I am right that people shouldn't get married before they're 30. That's what I learned. 3.50. I gave it 500. (gasps) Just because I I really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And I, I... thought that the dynamics were very interesting i learned that there are 21 year olds in this country that are buying houses and i am not even close i learned that if you want land move to georgia i learned that you i learned how to not raise kids yep (laughs) exactly we learned a lot and yeah i liked it yeah okay there we go i think that is time for a break everyone go and have refresh your drink and we will be right back with our second show hello it's pauline here and i am jumping into the middle of the convo very quickly to first of all thank you all for listening and supporting us on our podcast journey so far and to let you know um we have a new segment we're preparing for ongoing potty episodes we have a call to action to anyone listening that can become one of our agents in the field in future episodes we will be including stories and tales sent in by you our dear listeners to give us the inside scoop If you or anyone you know of has been on a TLC show, worked on a TLC show, has been a long-suffering PA on a TLC show, or has just any kind of insight and knowledge of what goes on behind the scenes, we want to hear from you. All submissions will be kept completely anonymous. Just email us at tenderlovingcarepod at gmail.com. You're amazing. And back to the show. Okay. And we are back with the second show that the wheel of shame picked for us last week which was the blended bunch tlc describes this as follows in a small town in utah lives a widow and widower who together with their 11 children have formed the modern day brady bunch spencer and erica shemwell have found love after loss and are living the suburban dream now first of all suburban and dream don't know if that <laughs> goes together but anyway um i when kate and i got this in the wheel of shame last week both of us groaned intensely because we thought it's more kids tons of kids screaming kids gonna be like oh we're divorced and we're making the perfect step family and it's like both of us like i can't this is gonna be this is gonna be horrible this is gonna be terrible what we got instead is a show that I cried pretty much through every single episode. I was shocked, heartbroken, and deeply in love with Quinn by the end of it. So that that was my that was my roller coaster of emotions. And we're back in Utah. We cannot get away from Utah. <laughs> Utah and Georgia. 
Yeah, we can't. You're right. It's Utah. That's where that's where TLC is just headquartered in Utah and and, and Georgia. So Jeff has a house in both states. Jeff, he does. No, he has a studio apartment in both states. Has to run between them. That's true. Yes. Um. So listen, did you feel the same? Or, I mean, how did you feel about this? Because I was shocked, dude. I thought that it was going to be divorced people. Yep. And so I was very slapped in the face with how tragically sad these stories were. And I also loved Quinn. Yes, good. Okay, good, good, good. Um, I need to get into a story about Quinn in a bit. But um, uh, so this starts off, listeners, what it is, is Kate and I were both going and being like, oh, God, tons of kids, whatever. We meet Erica, who's 33. I want you to just keep that in mind. She's 33 and has seven biological children. She gave birth to seven. I just want you, 33, okay. And she, her seventh child was born when she was 29. So at 29 years old, she'd given birth seven times. I mean, I don't know if we're in Victorian London. I don't know where we are, but I was just like, I, that blew me, <laughs> that blew me away. Like straight away. I was like, whoa. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot of my notes oh is my like, God. she's 33. Oh my I know. God. How is she I kept this? the age, yeah. the age I kept going back to. So we meet Erica. She's in Utah in a house with her seven kids. And she is married to Spencer. Spencer has four children and he's 32. So the story, you're kind of like, okay, so they married, whatever. You're kind of trying to figure this out as they get to the point of how they ended up in this situation. And it's, once again, we had such a horrific story in the first part of this podcast um, with Joshua. And then with this I was just in tears the entire time. So Erica tells a story at 29 years old with seven children. She was pregnant and her hus- with her seventh child when her husband Tony died. Tony had been diagnosed, I think she said 10 years earlier, with um, a brain cancer. And he had been in remission in certain areas and eventually um, he died when he was only, I think he was 29 as well. They'd had seven children in less than 10 years and she was pregnant when he died. She says, I was a widow, seven children at 29. I mean, you just sit (sighs) in that for a second and you can't, she tells the story of nursing him and you know every everyone listening to this has been touched by cancer unfortunately i'm sure and um my mum died of brain cancer and it is and i nursed her as well uh at the end and it is an extremely extremely bad way to go i'll put it like that it's um it's a very very cruel and so when I heard that, I had a personal attachment to it as well, knowing what Tony went through at the end and just thinking, and then there's video of him. So I was just like, uh, you know, with the kids, there's all these young kids around him and they all lost their dad. Yeah. And you're just, mm-hmm. you can't fathom the pain that these children went through. And you meet the children and what they've done 
clearly Erica has had them in a lot of counseling because they they speak about Tony a lot they talk about their dad a lot they love their dad and he's part of their everyday life some children struggle a little bit more with it than others do and they luckily they can talk about him they can express their emotions which really was beautiful so Erica obviously did a fantastic job getting them into therapy to deal with it um she's married to spencer who's 32 he has four children and he has his own business remodeling houses his story was they had four children amy his wife was pregnant with her fifth child all the family had gone out for dinner they got ice cream and they were driving home when they had a car accident amy died her unborn child died and Spencer said he woke up in the helicopter just being told that Amy was dead and both Amy and Tony had died three years previously so Spencer was 20 um 29 as well and he'd lost a child and a wife and he was left with four small children (sighs) you the tragedy in some people's lives are just it's just so hot it's so hot there isn't words like you try to put it into words there isn't words there aren't words but hearing their stories you know and they're very emotional it was only three years as well you've got to remember that's nothing in grief that's nothing and their story's very interesting they met on a widow and widowers um like facebook group or or counseling group And they'd met one and a half years ago. So they had only been one and a half years out of losing their partners, which must have been still extremely raw. Um, And just trying to find like this cycle of life and figure out, you know, how to get a routine and everything again. And yeah, so Erica must have only had a one and a half year old and the six other kids. Holy shit. She met him. She said they knew instantly. They kissed two weeks later they were engaged and six weeks later they were married so you can imagine there was a lot or some backlash from people around them because it was all so sudden and there are people you know tony um sorry not tony spencer lived elsewhere and spencer moved to be with erica in utah and erica's parents had moved just before tony had died so she had luckily she had family she had parents she had her brother quinn um and a sister and they luckily are all in utah so she's very fortunate to have them all around her and then spencer came his um well you don't see anything about his parents but you see amy's parents come and visit and he's very close to them still which is lovely but a year and a half after both of those tragedies they meet each other and they're already married so it's a lot you kind of are opening with that that which is really really intense and then you see their nighttime routine putting these kids to bed kate oh my god i was really surprised with how fast it all went i couldn't believe it was yeah it was only three years and then the one of the parents i think was interviewed and was like yeah it was like six weeks later they're getting married and we're just like okay and so um but wait, tell me the bedtime routine. I don't remember this. Oh, you don't? I think it I was it was just seeing it at the beginning. They were trying to put these there's like three of them in, in diapers. The oldest one is like what, 
10 or 11, 10. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's, you saw them find kids coming out of the bedroom. They put them to bed and then they come out and then they're back in again. And you just see both, you see finally, they're like, oh, they're finally asleep. And the clock was 11.56 p.m. They'd been putting those kids, trying to get all those kids to sleep for like hours. And that's finally when they were done, nearly at midnight. And they had to get up at God knows what time the next morning for like these babies. You were just overblown with like I don't know how they they sleep. And a and and um and um, uh, Erica always has her hair and makeup done. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? she. Well, uh, I know they're yeah, filming, yeah. <laughs> but she literally you never even saw her with like a towel on her head coming out of a shower. It was like full hair, full makeup. Whatever time the crew got there, she was already done. It's like, whoa, whoa. I, I noticed that too. I was like, I don't even look as good as her ever. And I don't have any kids or even a partner and, <laughs> or even a pet. And no. I am like, I am like a quarter of the way put together as her. And she, I'm like, she must be exhausted, but you honestly can't tell looking at her. I don't know what she's on. Me, I don't know. It really was something else. We're introduced to a lot of people. Um, so there were only six episodes, we should say, of this. There were six episodes. They packed a lot in. They definitely went into the whole story of losing Tony and Amy, which was very, very hard and how it affected the children. Um, they, Amy's parents come into town. So Amy um, was um, Spencer's wife, and they all seem lovely. They come into town and um they're very very close to um very very close to spencer and they talk a lot about you know amy living through their the children and it's just so hard to watch there's so much pain there was just so much pain in every scene because there were parents that have lost that lost their child there were partners that lost their wife and husband and then there were children that lost their parents it it really was Uh, It's a very hard show to watch. For me, anyway, I found it very, very hard to watch. You see, they talk about them a lot. Um, You know, there was one scene with Amy's parents came in that Spencer bought a tree that was that was named Amy it's and an Amy tree and they planted it and you know they it, there's a lot about the dynamic of you know Spencer being this new dad coming in and Amy playing the role of mother and how some of the kids react to it all and then we have Quinn Kate then we have Quinn <laughs> uh, I I mean I I fell in love I, mean, he, I was, tend to, he was the shining light he was the shining light I tend to fall in love with as I mentioned before in some of these episodes, I fall in love every day. Like whether it is an animal, a plant, a, a a man, a woman, I'm telling somebody I love them every single day because that's, I just constantly fall in love. And I definitely fell in love with Quinn. Quinn is Amy. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Is, um, Erica's, Erica's brother. And he's very, very protective. And he came and he comes in hot. Like he's he's very suspicious of of uh, Spencer, quite rightly. She's, he's like, you know, he came in, he took her, he came in with four kids. You know, my my sister was just, just became a widow. Um, does he just want a babysitter? Does he just want someone to look after his kids? Like he really holds nothing back. And um, I was quite attracted to him. 
Yeah, he's really the voice of reason. I mean, yeah. later on, there's talk of them having a kid of their own between oh, the two of them. My God. And yeah. Quinn is the one who's like, really? <laughs> yeah no he wasn't just like he wasn't just like really he was like that's completely selfish to all the other kids he's like you should never do that she he says and quite he says to his sister and quite frankly i think it was completely selfish that you and tony had children when you knew he was dying and that was a very very brave thing to say and i and he had anger behind it and you understand he lost a brother-in-law and he has these nieces and nephew that lost their dad and he said they yeah. just kept having children and i don't know why they kept having children I, what do you think of that i don't really know I, it's hard to say like what you would do but i i definitely i definitely wouldn't have seven kids no i i mean i completely agree with quinn i don't know if i'd use the word selfish yeah. but i think i i don't think that is a sensible choice you were bringing children in knowing that they were going to lose their dad these children were going to have to live with the fact they were never going to have a father or they'd have him for a short time. You're putting more stress on yourself. I mean, it, it's, it, it's, I don't, I don't understand it. And Quinn was very straightforward about it all. He's like, I don't know why you did it. Um, but the thing that I was going to say about Quinn, a little bit lighthearted, he looked like someone I dated a very long time ago. Um, <laughs> and uh, he was a drummer and he so every time quinn was talking i was like why am i attracted to him and i was like oh it's because he looks like so and so um so i was like that's who he looks like i was like oh it's interesting like dark hair large head i was like yep that's i was like got it i know he he did have a large head but um I was like, that's who he looks like. So yeah, I was attracted to Quinn, but Quinn was good. He he really was the voice of reason. He came in and said a lot. And then the this is something I didn't understand. Everything was so fast with them. Like um, Erica and Spencer decided that they were both going to adopt each other's kids. And then they were going to, which um, uh, Quinn like started crying about. He's like, this is just a really bad idea because the kids were going to lose their dad's last name. I didn't like that either. I felt the same way. I I was like, why not why not yeah. just leave it? And mm-hmm. I didn't get I it. I mean, I guess for legal purposes or whatever, the adoption, but like just leave the name maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I I I definitely saw his point with that. I know they said what they were going to do is do like a double hyphened name, but these children had just, they'd lost their dad. A new man had come in, new kids that they had to share their room with. And then they were being told you're changing your name as well. I I think that's really, really disturbing for children. Um, but they did it anyway. Uh, they did take them to a therapist and therapist said, actually, you know, you should do what the children really want. And there was one child that was like, I don't want that. I don't want that. But um, she kind of came around and they did it. Um, so there was that. So Quinn's like, oh, I don't like any of this. Pump the brakes. You guys are going way too fast. And then near the adoption, they also start going, yes, we have thought about having a child ourselves together. I just... 
I I don't know whether it's like when you're in a point of grief or a really hard time in your life with something that's happened to you and been inflicted upon you that you don't want to go through it all, right? You don't want to feel everything. You just want to race to the end and make everything better. And everything's fine. It's done. I don't need to feel any of that pain because I'm over the fence of it now. I'm at the other side of it. And I feel as though that's what they're trying to do. I'm not saying that they've they haven't dealt with their grief and will always deal with it, but this rushing to just fix it all—it's like you've blended eleven children together. It may take years for that to be okay. Yes, and these poor kids—I mean, it made me so. Do you remember when they were camping? It made me yeah. so sad when that little. Let's see if yeah. I can get the names right. So Tanner is sad and he's younger oh, and his brother Landon is yeah. playing with the other older boy, Brayden, yeah. who's just, you know, they've just been added in together as step siblings and he like runs to the car and he's really sad. He's like, he's like, he doesn't want to play with me anymore. And, and then they're mm-hmm. interviewing the older boy and he's like, yeah, I think he, this kid's like, what? Yeah. Like 11. Yeah. Well, you know, I think he kind of looks up to me ever since my dad died and he used to be best friends with him. And now he wants that with me and I'm just bonding with him because we're the same age. And it's just like, oh my God, there's so much, so much for them there's so much trauma they lose their parents and then they're told to have all these relationships with new people this is your new dad and these are your new siblings i mean it's it's mind-blowing how a little child can deal with that type of trauma and then being told and we're also changing your last name i mean when you really break it down there's a lot of shit going on there that may not be evident right now or they may think everything's okay but put a camera on them in five years and we'll see where they're at. Because this is, I just don't think any of this is being dealt with properly. No. And Spencer's kids got completely uprooted and moved across the country yeah. as like a whole additional thing. They're in this it's, like whole new environment. It's, it's a really, and then to add all of this, as if, as if enough of this isn't completely heartbreaking and sad, you then find out that Tony died because they found out when he was diagnosed with cancer that he had a gene that is called the linfamini gene and it when you have this how they described it is there's two genes in your body that fight against cancer and when you have linfamini you only have one so it means essentially you have a 95 to 99 percent chance of getting cancer at a young age or as a young adult and that's what Tony had and what happened is, is he passed it on to children because it's hereditary. He passed it on to four children. So that plays into what Quinn was saying. He said, you knew Tony had lymphomini and you carried on having children. So it brings in a very big question there. And these poor children have to go for a, a full-on MRI, which takes two hours. If you know anything about MRIs, they can be very claustrophobic. They're very loud. And these little kids, the youngest one is even in it. He's like still in belly potty training. And he's in, um, they have to go in once a year to get full body scans to make, to 
if there is cancer, because the likelihood is they will get cancer, that they catch it early. I mean, a 95 to 99% chance of getting it at a young age as a child or a young adult. And four of her children with Tony have that. It's so fucked. And then just to round everything out, uh, it was episode four or five. You know, they on on the day that Amy um, died, they go, they usually have, you know, kind of a celebration of her life, um, Spencer and his children with Amy. And they were in the grocery store and he's talking to the children about mum. And, oh God, it's so rough. And they said, you know, we'll get some ice cream. And Spencer has this confessional where he says, you know, I have a really hard time because when we talk about ice cream, he said, because we had gone for this dinner and we picked up ice cream on the way home. And when we had the crash, all I could smell was cake batter flavored ice cream because that was Amy's favorite. And it was all over me and all over the car. These are the things that, in grief, don't go away. And he sat there, you know, three years later, which is nothing, but still having that memory and crying and knowing that he'll have that for the rest of his life. It it was really a very hard show to watch, and it was nothing like I thought it was going to be at all. And I don't know what else, you know, I've spoken a lot. What else do you have to say about it, Kate? I mean, not much. Yeah, it was it was tough. It was extremely mm-hmm. tough. Um, I'm just like, good luck to this family. I like, know. I know. What are you guys gonna do? Oh my god. Well, I mean, are they get are they having another series? I mean, is do you know about that? Is that what they're? Are you gonna find that out? Like, it's, it was this one season, and that's this is a recent what I want to know. Yeah, because it, it came out in 2021. Oh, I mean, so. there is so much to explore. I'm sure. I don't know how this did in ratings. I'd never even heard of it before. But um, it's such a remarkable story on both ends. I'm sure there has to be more because the the, the dynamic of the brother, my ex-boyfriend Quinn, um, he, um, he is he came around to spencer but i think if those two decide to have a child all hell's gonna break loose and you have to have the tlc (laughs) cameras there for it obviously so um it hasn't yeah it hasn't been confirmed it hasn't been confirmed for a second Mm. season okay Okay. all right well let's do pounds of learning kate what are you going to give up Three three oh five, three oh five. Okay, I don't want to go too high because it was just so hard, and I don't know. I'll give it. I'll go high. I'll go four fifty because I learned a lot about this. I'd never heard of this Linfamini gene, which was horrific to learn about. Mm. Learning about people dealing with grief. There was a lot in it, but it is not a light show. It is not. I mean, they describe TLC describes it as oh, no. the Brady Bunch. No, it is not a light show. If you watch it, you're going to cry every single episode. It's tragic. That's what it is. It's telling the tale of very tragic circumstances. So we've had 
let's to, let's spin the wheel yeah can we go can we let's get something a little bit lighter every <laughs> listeners i'm sorry we really we spoke about personal deaths we spoke about ex-boyfriends with big heads like we need let's just get a little bit lighter please okay this is the time that we go everyone gets in a tizzy everyone's getting excited we feel it the goosebumps are happening we're going to the wheel of shame this is where we have all of the shows on tlc some missing but we're going to keep adding to it and we're going to spin and we're going to get our first show for next week kate a couple of words before we spin what do you want i want i want a train wreck of a relationship i want stupid funny scenes of people being dumb idiots yeah yeah i want people making really really bad decisions in their lives but it's not like around death i don't want any death and i don't want tons of kids that's what i want yes okay i'm spinning yeah it's spinning come on can you oh no can you imagine we've got cis wives no 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 no. alaskan women looking for love please okay all right well i i got worried because i saw the first name i saw the first word but this may be a good one because I think it's a TLC. We always hope for these ones. It's TLC's reenactments. If you ever, if you need to go back and listen to, <laughs> what was the best reenactment one we watched that literally was one of the best shows? Oh, my, my fat, fat saved, saved my, my life. Go back and listen to my fat saved my life show because it was a, a TLC reenactment basically as Jeff the PA playing like five different parts. There's no budget at all for scenery or anything so it's a hot mess i think i suspect kate you're gonna have to check as well as if this is even available because it sounds like an old one our first show brides grooms and emergency rooms (laughs) it rhymes (laughs) and even though i saw brides i got worried but emergency rooms i'm thinking this is gonna be all are using that same one set that they have of a hospital bed that's really kind of like an ikea bed and someone jeff the pa will be in you know his lab coat the stethoscope around him it's i think it's going to be really bad in a good way something that we want kate do you want to check and see if that's even anywhere that we can watch it because i feel like it's going to be an old one Um, yeah let me see because I feel like some of these can also be like, uh, if they're early 2000 or mid 2000s as well, they're gold. They're absolute gold. Mid 2000s TLC reenactment shows. Whoa. Okay. It's Brides a 2019 from... release. There's oh. one season. Yes. Okay. And there's only three episodes. <laughs> Thank you, Will of Shame. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, oh. Will of Shame. See what the Will of Shame gives us. Do you see how it works for us? It's amazing. <laughs> okay. The, the names what? of the episodes. Go on. There's give us one. In sickness and in more sickness. <laughs> God, Jeff's at it again. <laughs> the gates the gates of hell had opened. Oh, oh, oh and God. Come hell okay. or high water. <laughs> Lot of hell. It. I. I do think. I think we're on to something, listeners. I think we're gonna have a laugh on this one. We need it. We need it. Okay. So we're gonna go to the next one. So our first show for next week: brides, grooms, and emergency rooms. All right. Let's get the next show. Kate, this better not be a biggie. 
Oh, let's see. All right. Can you, I keep thinking it's going to be Sister Wives. I've got to stop. God, we have a Long Island medium on. I, okay, I'm spinning. I'm spinning. I always forget Ooh. the shows that we have on here until I see them all. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Shit, we have this, we have that. Oh. Okay. Okay. Is it Dars and Stace? It's not Dars. No, no. It's none of the 90 or Dars. It's the wheel of shame is like, let's lighten everything up. And when I use the word lighten, it's ironic because the second show for next week is the world's fattest man. <laughs> Just <laughs> straight to the point. The world's right. fattest man. I mean, and this is going to be a one-off. It's going to, you know, it's going to be like the man with the 80-pound groin. This is just going to be like, let's do a quickie. Let's get him in Georgia. And he'll be in Georgia. Yeah, let me check it. <laughs> no offense to any of our Georgia <laughs> listeners. We're just saying that they literally, or Georgia or Florida, because that's the only places TLC film now, Georgia and Florida. Um, the world's fattest man. I, well, it's the world, actually. It could be, this is my, we might be going international. Why do I just think America? We could be going to Thailand. Mm. We could be going to Outer Mongolia. See. I mean, I googled, I googled that, and a lot of things came up. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, let's see. TLC. Yeah, I think this is going to be a one-off, listeners. So if we can find this and watch it, I just don't know if it's available. I feel like this is going to be an old one. I mean, TLC really doesn't pull any punches. Just the title: "The World's Fattest Man." I mean, it's not even a They're little bit of like, grace. This is a carnival. Step right up. It is. Step on up. Step on up. It's really, I mean, <laughs> any luck with it, Kate? Can you find it anywhere? Uh, uh, I don't yeah. know. The world. It's on fa- YouTube st- for sure. Let's see. I wonder if he, the world's... Sorry, Stop. listeners, we just want to check because if if we can't find it to watch it, um, we're going to have to pull... I mean, I want to... Okay, the world's fattest man film. A film? Oh. Um, oh, he's British, YouTube. I think. <gasps> oh, it's Paul Mason. I've watched this. I've actually watched this. I okay. have watched okay. this. And he wears a little hat, but he won't talk about the hat. I think this is who... Is it? Hang on, but Pedro... Juan Pedro Franco holds the Guinness record for heaviest man. I don't know. That's what popped up when I first Googled it. But then I did TLC, and this New York Post article came up, and it said the subject of the TLC show, The World's Fattest Man, is fleeing the US for Britain. Paul Mason... Paul Mason. Okay, I think it's the man that wears a little hat. I'm not sure. There was a man that wears an unusual hat that was... Uh, don't ask me how I know that. It's some random documentary me and Katie watched at like... Oh, he has a hat. Anyone. He has a hat. Got it. Ding dong. All right. So, see, I know. <laughs> you wonder why <laughs> I ended up doing this. Doing this podcast. I just don't know if we can... Oh, I see. Yeah, I see the like the logo for it. I just don't know new on netflix i don't know we'll look for it listen we'll find it for you listeners it's got to be somewhere we'll find it for you um all right so we have two shows for next week the world's fattest man and brides grooms and emergency rooms 
um we should do a little plug before we go i know we've kept you for a long time listeners we had a lot to discuss but um plugs please go and first of all if you enjoyed this and it was very very dark if you enjoyed it um go and just tell your postman tell um the person that delivers your milk but i don't think they do that anymore in america do you still have a milkman i don't know um if you're listening in england and you have that then uh yeah go and tell your milkman um next door neighbor um tell your cat your dog anyone um to listen to this potty it's great just please um please please share um and then also go and follow us on instagram at um tlc potty and twitter tlc potty and I'm forgetting all of our no, handles. Instagram is <laughs> what is it? Instagram. Okay, tender okay. loving Instagram care pod. Sorry, and TikTok, tender loving care pod. Twitter is TLC potty. Thank you. That's what it is. Email us any questions. I was going to say concerns, but yeah. Uh, tender loving care pod at gmail And also have to give a plug if you um love 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 pop culture and all its. Re- ridiculousness um go ahead and follow my instagram um at um a brit in the sun b-r-i-t in the sun that will show you all of the goodies that i have on my etsy store which deals with um housewives youtubers lots of hot messes that we all love to admire um kate anything else before we we head off don't get married at age 21 and don't have 11 kids there you go (laughs) words to live by all right guys thank you so much for listening you have your two shows for next week and uh we look forward to discussing it with you then bye-bye bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.